Alyssa Milano is calling on all women to join her in a so-called sex strike. The actress is protesting strict abortion bans passed by Republican-controlled state legislatures. She urged women to stop having sex until she says women get bodily autonomy back. Her call to action comes just days after Georgia became the fourth state this year to ban abortions once a, once a fetal heartbeat is detected. The so-called sex boycott has created a storm on Twitter. One opponent to the idea suggests it may seem, it makes it seem like sex is something women do as a favor to men. And we should note uh, the law is not in effect just yet. Perhaps one of the more amu amusing bits of news in the past few days was the response from degenerate Hollywood to the passage of near total abortion ban legislation in Alabama and Georgia. With noted deep thinker C-list celebrities like Alyssa Milano, calling for a fornication strike, or, in their own words, a sex strike, until women's so-called rights to murder unborn children were respected. The way that would have worked is that women would stop sleeping with men in general from the sounds of it, although I suspect they mean pro-life men, until the women got what they wanted. One humorous response came from the Babylon Bee, that noted Christian satire website, which said that Catholic Answers was going to co-sponsor Alyssa Milano's abstinent speaking tour. The notion of a sex strike is humorous by itself, since most pro-lifers seem to be at the very least conservative about their own behavior in that regard, if not adhering to the kinds of values promoted traditionally in the church and in online places like this one, which is at least partially why the talk of a sex strike has died down. Remember what I said yesterday about progress and revolutionaries. All things are subject to the revolution, including the past victories of the revolution itself. It's a self-defeating ideology that inevitably eats itself. I could go on and on about that, but instead we have another example of how these supposed values are being applied rather haphazardly in the church today, and especially to today's hot-button issue in the church, women's ordination. Yes, we have another update on women's ordination. The revolutionaries in the church want nothing more than to have married priests of both sexes. They've been pushing for this for years, and now they've adopted a silly tactic to try to get what they want. Not a sex strike, but a mass strike. Yeah, you heard that right. There is now a strike being called to get the lady to stop attending mass until the revolutionaries get women ordained. They tried this recently for a week. We'll go into this. It's not only a stupid idea, but spiritually suicidal. Not that they care about that, because remember something else I said in yesterday's video. For them to care about spiritual suicide would require that they shared our faith. For them, the Catholic Church is a brand and a vehicle for carrying out materialistic political agendas that have had holy water sprinkled on them. It's grotesque, but ultimately predictable. For this story, we go to, where else, but Germany, that land noted for its orthodoxy and steadfast leadership in the Church. I am, of course, kidding about that. Headline, German Bishop Supports Church Strike for Women's Ordination. So a question comes to mind immediately. Has anything honestly good come out of Germany in the past 100 years? It's an honest question. Maybe I'm overlooking something, but I'm drawing a blank. High-ranking prelates who have said right things in the recent months about errors promulgated by the current Vatican regime and all. The German bishop in question... Bishop Franz Josef Bode, that same bishop who I reported on two weeks ago or so, who said that the Amazon Synod will change everything in the church. I'm going to quote the start of the Catholic News Service piece on this to give you an idea of what they're driving at. Buckle up because we're headed to roads covered in the speed bumps of blasphemy and heresy.
Quote, At least one bishop has offered his support for a week-long church strike organized by German Catholic women, during which participants organize their own prayer services rather than attending Mass. Calling itself Mary 2.0, the initiative issued an open letter to Pope Francis, which called for the ordination of women, and claimed, quote, Men of the church only tolerate one woman in their midst, Mary. We want to take Mary off her pedestal and into our midst, as a sister facing our direction, end quote, the letter said. The website features paintings of Mary and other women with their mouths taped over. The campaign has met with considerable criticism from German Catholics, some of whom even launched a Mary 1.0 website, which says that the Mother of God does not require any updates and should not be instrumentalized. End quote. And I agree. The Mother of God should not be instrumentalized, that is, turned into a tool to be used in a political battle that has nothing to do with the faith. The strike has already passed as it ran from May 11th to the 18th, covering two Sundays. For those keeping track of little things like what the law of the church says about our Sunday mass obligation, those who skipped mass to participate in this supposed strike committed a mortal sin for each of the days they skipped Sunday mass. Those calling for the strike held liturgy of the word services on Sundays instead of attending mass. In addition, they sent a letter of protest to Pope Francis, which made numerous demands including an end to mandatory celibacy for priests and for an updating of the church's teaching on sexual morality and the ordination of women to all ministries, including the orders of deacon, priest, and bishop. Remember something else I said yesterday. They want a woman pope, a holy mother. I'd read the letter in its entirety, but it was only published in German and Google Translate's offers something incomprehensible when you try to run it through a browser-based translator. But I do see only nine theses. They really need 86 more theses to get it completely in line with their spiritual father. No word if their document was nailed to the door of the German nuncio's office or to the door of a cathedral, though I kind of doubt it. But it gets better. The vicar general of the Archdiocese of Paderborn, Father Alphonse Hart, engaged in the kind of mental gymnastics that we've come to expect from the modernists. Father Hart praised the organizers of the campaign as women who are, quote, concerned about the sustainability of their church, end quote. Yes, the church that has survived tyrants, pestilence, fads, and liberalism needs to ensure its sustainability by embracing the sins of Eve. Father Hart himself said that, quote, this is a motivation that I value highly, end quote, in spite of recognizing that the campaign also creates division. Father Hart denies reality when he asserts that ordaining women is an open question, which is where the mental gymnastics come into play. Quoting him directly, quote, On the one hand, we have a definitive decision by Pope John Paul II on the question of the ordination of women, and on the other hand, we still do not have a final answer. At least in Germany, this question is discussed very openly, especially among theologians. It is clear that there is a need for a global ecclesial consensus for which this currently is not the case. End quote. Okay, someone help me here. If a question has received a definitive answer, as isn't the case with women's ordination, and the decree made by John Paul II, how is it not closed? Definitive means closed. How anyone can take this seriously is truly remarkable, especially since German theologians are the theologians of clown world, where every heterodox idea can be justified using flowery language in order to make everyone feel included and represented. The funny thing about this whole issue of representation is this. 
a whopping 155 people participated in the Sunday Liturgy of the Word Protestant services these clowns threw. Now, given the state of the church in Germany these days, that might actually be a whole lot of the mass going faithful. But between their blasphemous attempt to turn Our Lady into a political symbol of the sins of Eve to their overt rejection of sacred tradition, which may in fact mark them as obstinate formal heretics, it is an open question as to what they are trying to faithfully represent in the church with their Lutheran reforms. After all, Germany was one of the epicenters of modernism, with the natural consequences of these liberal theologians being that the church in Germany has shrunk by over half in the past few decades, if not by more. So who are they trying to represent? For the most part, the people who still go to Mass are the types of Catholics who are clinging to the faith as best they can, in spite of their shepherds and in spite of the revolutionaries in their midst. The satanic ideology they're peddling isn't working, not that those who remain in the church in Germany probably have deeply held orthodox beliefs either, if the general state of things in Germany is any indication. The state of catechesis in Germany is legendary for how awful it is, with the best and most faithful of Catholics in Germany often having to teach themselves the faith, or resorting to driving long distances to find the handful of good and faithful priests remaining in the country. They're certainly not being included in this task of inclusion. Can you imagine what would happen if an argument for orthodoxy was made by a prominent German bishop today in this discussion of inclusion? I have an alternative to the issue of representation as the revolutionaries are casting it. If you want to make everyone feel included in the life of the church again, preach on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ the King. We will all be judged for our sins, all of us, every man, woman, and child alive today, and who has ever lived faces judgment. That's pretty inclusive if you ask me. We will all be judged on our merits and on our sins. We will be judged in our faithfulness, and if we burned with that Pentecostal zealous fire that characterizes the lives of the saints, both known and anonymous. Hell is not empty. We do not have a reasonable hope that all men are saved, when it is highly likely that most people go to hell, and that includes most Catholics. If that doesn't make you feel included in the great story of history, I don't know what else will. People too easily forget what the point of all of this is. Getting to heaven. That's it. That's the point. If you don't think that our primary concern isn't getting to heaven, then you've missed the point entirely. Christ told us what we need to do to get to heaven, and it didn't involve making changes to the teachings passed down to us from the apostles, so that we can feel good about our sins, the way that Protestants and, I hate to say it, quite frankly, the Orthodox do with divorce and reception of Holy Communion. Nor does it involve making the church march in lockstep to the beat of this globo-homo-clown world we live in. This is why I spend five days of the week giving you reasons to pray. It's why we all need to turn to our blessed Lord in those times where we are tempted into grave sin and prayerfully ask for help persevering through the temptation and doing that every single time until whatever evil it is we are inclined to is no longer an issue in our lives. The time draws short and our prelates act as if the faith and the church are nothing more than their playthings in their quest to further political goals antithetical to the historic teachings of the church. Pray for these men, and especially pray for the women who think that they can try to marry feminism and Masonic egalitarianism to the Catholic faith. It's a task doomed to failure. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. Pray and do acts of penance for the liberation and exaltation of the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.